Welcome back to Mouthpiece. I am Savage Dan. I'm Paulie Malanagi. As always, like, comment, subscribe, all of that. And this week we have a fan question, which is, what division has consistently been the most competitive for the longest period of time? It's a tough question. Dan, I think uh, I think Welter, right? I mean, it's the one that springs to mind. Yeah, Is Walter's it? the one that springs to mind. It's like every every generation has some good Welters, and uh, it's always uh, it's always pretty competitive. It doesn't go through too many lulls, you know. Uh, and I'm trying to think, yeah, I'm trying I mean, to go my, back. I'm it it I'm seems like probably my whole career, my whole career. When I was when I first turned pro, you had uh, Oscar De La Hoya, you had yep. Trinidad, you had uh, Trinidad had just moved up actually, so it wasn't Trinidad anymore. But you yeah. had Vernon Forrest. Shane Mosley, yeah. uh, Oscar De La Hoya, so it was pretty. It was pretty hot back then. And then your era basically took 147 just to the. Yeah, it's like everyone was a welterweight. When I fought welterweight after that, because I, I stayed at light welter for eight years, and by the time I got to welter, Mayweather was there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you had got down likes of Andre Berto. You had the likes of uh, I don't know, Robert Cotto, Pacquiao was there. Cotto, Pacquiao. Yeah, Cotto too. Cotto had ended up moving up. But yeah, he was at welterweight yeah. as well. Sure. As a matter of fact, Cotto went up to welterweight before I did. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, for my whole, my, the duration of my entire career, welterweight has been pretty, has been a pretty hot weight class. Um, and now that I'm retired, I, I, I still see it as a pretty, pretty competitive and, and fun weight class to watch. Obviously, there are others, but I feel like others kind of go through lulls and then kind of come up and down, come up and yeah. down. Uh, like right now, I think uh, lightweight looks pretty fun, looks pretty hot. But you know, I can re I can remember lightweight when I was when I was turning pro. I turned pro at lightweight, and I remember thinking, "Oh, this weight class is so dead. If I can stay at this weight class, I'll win a world championship before I move up in weight." You know, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't keep the weight. I only fought seven fights at lightweight, but I remember I wanted to because I f I saw it as a as kind of a uh, an easier road to a world championship uh, yeah. at the time. So I mean, so I I think uh, you know weight classes like that kind of. They they fluctuate a little bit, but Welter I feel like is the most consistently talented. Not that Welter doesn't also go through some lulls at times, but I feel like it's the most consistently talented and the most com most consistently competitive um, at, that I that I know that I observe at least. You know, obviously maybe if, if fans out there have a different view or if they if they can f see different weight a uh, different weight class that has been competitive for that many years in a row. Um, yeah, let us know, man. Because even before I turned pro, I mean, you had Perna Whitaker, Ike Quarte, yep. uh, yep. Del was still there, Trinidad, Obel Carr. I mean, that was even before I turned pro. So, Walter has been, yeah, one, yeah, well, pretty it's, hot. It's hard to argue since, against it. Is. Since before my, my, I turned pro. In the news, we may as well stay on Welterweights. Kelbrook Amir Khan is close. I'm hearing. Better late than never, Paulie. They always, it's say always close. close. But this time, it's closer. <laughs> Um, but now, when, now, when, what now when people aren't really that interested in it, it's close. You know what it is? Well, I it's such law. It's just how it is. I think, I think, I think this, the domestic level is still going to be interested in it because there's always, of a, course. Uh, there's always a curiosity about those two guys, especially in England. I don't think in the U.S. it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn too many heads anymore. But, but I do think that uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the U.K., you know, they, because of the history they've had and, and, and they've they had very successful careers as, as – as as uh, uh, British uh, world champions, I think uh, I think there'll there'll be a lot of a lot of attention. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like Eubank and Ben, but they never fought. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Like, Eubank and Ben could have fought anytime they wanted to, and 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 the UK would have always tuned in. But at least they fought a few times. These guys, yes. I think they can fight anytime they want to, and the UK will tune in. It's just they haven't fought it's at all. It, there's been a rivalry there for so long, um, and it's little slide digs here and there. You see comments about each other on YouTube, um, and they've almost waited each other out, and now they almost need each other. I guess you've got Khan in Crawford's camp. That's probably good for him. Yeah, I saw Khan going to the Crawford camp on Instagram. Um, I I just think that uh, there there's no really there's not really any other doors to, to go through at this point for for each of them. You know, yeah. um, as far as making that kind of money they can make against one another. So yeah. I think they've they've waited they've waited out the entire process. But uh, you know, like I said, it'll. It'll be I interesting to watch it. just because it's Con and Brooke, and I think I think it'll be good for them be able to make a couple of uh, a couple of quid, and uh, you know I think the fans will will end up enjoying it in in the UK for sure. What are some of the fights that should have happened? Probably the, let's let's talk about the biggest fights that never happened that should have happened. Um, any spring to mind straight away? I mean, super fights um, that didn't happen. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, I think of, like, Mike Tyson versus Riddick Bowe, you know, the the all-Brooklyn yep. rivalry. You know, yep. that would have <clears throat> probably been a lot of fun, uh, me being from Brooklyn and, and knowing the popularity they both had. And, and Lennox that, Lewis. Lennox area. Lewis, Riddick Bowe. Len, Len, Lennox Lewis and Riddick Bowe, absolutely. That, I mean, that was crazy. That, that, that yeah. didn't happen. That was absolutely crazy. But at least we got that one in the Olympics, you know? How did, yeah, <laughs> so how did Bowe get out of all these fights? What's going on? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's crazy because um, Riddick was so talented, but he just, I don't know. I just feel like he didn't want any part of Lennox after that Olympic final. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Ali versus Foreman 2, I suppose. We, we thought we were probably going to get that. Yeah, Ali versus Foreman 2, I guess, uh, didn't happen. But by by that point, I think, you know, Ali was kind of faded. Because I, I, he ended up with a thriller in Manila the, a year after. And I don't think Ali was ever the same after the thriller in Manila. I don't think he or yeah. Frazier were ever the same after the thriller in Manila. Yeah. If you look at the way they, how their career performances were after that, yeah. they... they they were that aging already, but that, they really that that fight really took a lot out of them. I always uh, I compare certain fights like that. You know, you see like uh, where both guys get changed for good. I, I, I say Corrales and Castillo was also another one like that where yep. they were never the same after they fought one another that first time. You know, um, but yeah, Ali and Foreman could, too could be one. You know, what's a, what's a what, what's a fun one that I like to think about sometimes that didn't happen that that real boxing fans will know, but maybe the casuals won't. Uh, I always wanted to see uh, Buddy McGirt and Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah, you know, I that, for me that was fun. always that because because Buddy was a, a good puncher, uh, 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 wasn't fa overly fast with his legs, but had some great head movement and, and could fight in close because he was, was such a good puncher with the hook. Yeah, and Chavez obviously liked to be on the inside as well. He liked to kind of break you down and try to get to you. You know, I I I I think stylistically it's it's a fascinating fight. And and I don't think uh uh you know I don't think you know people don't talk about it enough that it didn't happen. You know, I feel like uh. McGirt was in an era where you know he won a, he won a couple world championships and he and he yeah. and he showed himself to be a, a prime fighter, but but I don't think um he was in some of the fights that people would have loved to see him more, you know. Like and he and he had some mm -hmm. nice wins on his record, you know. He even I mean the the first Pernod Whitaker fight I think was you know very very competitive, you know. Um and yeah. then he had the shoulder problem, the shoulder problems and whatnot. So Buddy was a 
a world-class fighter that sometimes kind of floats under the radar as far as when people talk about uh, world-class fighters of, of certain eras. But I think Buddy and, and Chavez, just from a stylistic point of view, yeah, for me, is, is, an extra, is an extra fun fight. I mean, you got... You, you ended up getting Meldrick and, and Chavez, you know, which was a, a terrific fight. And you had Buddy and Meldrick as well. Buddy lost a, his first title to Meldrick. But um, but I think, you know, Styles making fights and all that, I I think uh, Buddy McGurdon and, and Julio Cesar Chavez would have been a really, really fun fight. I've got one. A big one. Vladimir versus Vitali. <laughs> we can't say that. That's like saying putting the Charlo, Charlo brothers against one another. You can't say that. I want to see feel it. Like, I want to see you it. Know, We're like, I, fantasy I, fights now. Yeah, yeah, I know, but that's like, I don't know, man. That's like wrestling stuff, you know? Like, they, you know, the Kane versus Undertaker were brothers. They fought, you know? They fought <laughs> but, bad times. And, and, they fought all and, the time. And, yeah, but, but so, I don't know. In boxing, you know, when there's literally your life on the line, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you'll ever see that. You know what's funny? That actually reminds me. You did have two journeyman brothers in the Midwest and the U.S. that, that did fight each other, actually. The Jabakowski <laughs> brothers. You ever heard of them or no? Jabakowski brothers? I've never heard of one them. Of them, but they saw One of them fought... One, one of them fought Arturo Gatti and uh, and Julio Cesar Chavez. He lost to both of them. But these guys would, like, pad their records. They'd have, like, 50, 60, 70 wins, you know? Like, they were, like, you know, whatever, solid journeyman-type guys, but they had good records. Yep. So they'd, they'd get into, like, decent fights, decent paydays because they'd, they'd win out in the Midwest, which is a weaker tier in, in the U.S., yep. and they'd pad their records and whatnot. And then they'd get a payday against, you know, an, a Gatti or, or a Chavez and whatnot, and, they'd you know, they'd get a payday. But a couple of times, I think two or three times, they fought each other, even under assumed names. They fought each other. I mean, you got anybody out there? Look up Marty Jabakowski and uh, and I forget his brother's name. I, th- I think I think Marty was the one that fought Arturo and 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 Julio Cesar Chavez. But these guys did fight each other. They were brothers and they did fight each other. Knocked each other out and everything. No way! <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm I telling you. Look these guys up, brothers. Look these guys up. I'm telling you're you. You're meant to fight your brothers. I, 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 don't, I, don't remember, I don't remember the other brother's name. But one of the one of his name was Marty. Amazing. Amazing. Um, in other news, Dillian White hits another road bump, speed bump, whatever it is you want to call it. It just feels like uh, he can't catch a break at the moment. He was supposed to make his US debut on the Canelo undercard. And that has fallen through because Canelo was no longer fighting in September. So I'm sure he's got a couple of options. How frustrating can it be? I mean, really frustrating, man, because I feel like the world is not going to appreciate Dillian at his best, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, you have to real. I mean, I, I think financially he's done well, but I think from a, a credibility point of view, as far as getting the credit he deserves, I don't think people have appreciated Dillian enough. And and yeah. and these opportunities that keep slipping through are, are, are only going to, you know, basically vacuum up his prime more and more, you know, because the more time yeah. you waste... The more, the more, the more your prime is closer to ending, you know. Um, I, I, I'd probably dare to say that Dillian probably is no longer in his prime, but he's still, uh, you know, not that far off of it. At least yeah. he, if he's on the decline, he's probably on the decline just a little bit. But you know, it's only going to continue to decline. You don't get back to your prime once, once you're kind of off of it, you know. Uh, I think he's still quality. I still think he's got uh, plenty of entertainment to give. He's always fun to watch. Um, but yeah, a, a shame, a real shame. Would you not say that heavyweights perhaps have a, a little bit more of a grace period when it comes to their prime, simply because the heavier you are, the less skill is required? 
Yeah, well, well, thanks to PEDs, even the lesser weight classes now get to, get to fight until they're fifty. But you know, well, not 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 gonna get into that. But but um, but as far as heavyweights, yeah, as far as uh um heavyweights, there is a little bit more room for error because you are a little a little bit bigger. You're a lot bigger, so you're a little, everything is a little bit slower. Yeah. And of course, the 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 main things that start to decline as aging comes is the speed and the pace that you can fight at. Yeah. Well, heavyweights. Don't fight at a, uh, don't typically have a lot of speed. They're not really yeah. speed guys. I mean, obviously, a faster guy is going to have an advantage, but it's not speed to the point where where aging is going to affect it that fast as it, as it would say a featherweight or a welterweight, you know. But at the same time, um, you know, you you you've got, you know, you're able to condition your body enough, and the fight of the the pace of the fight is slow enough that even at an older age, you can still kind of hang in there, you know. Yeah. And uh, and you know you you saw it even with George Foreman you saw it winning the uh, heavyweight title against Michael Moore. I mean, granted yeah. he was probably losing every second of the fight, but nonetheless that that's what made that amazing to me. You know what I'm saying? To me that 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 made that extra amazing. You know, uh, because I I don't I, I think at that time you had a really clean guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he, and you could tell he legitimately looked like a 46 year old. You know the way he was fighting. He was slow and he just wasn't getting beat to the punch consistently. And then all of a sudden he got that knockout. But you wouldn't. You wouldn't boxing. see that, yeah. You ha- you wouldn't see that in in a smaller weight classes. And really, heavyweight boxing is uh, is it gives you that gives you that that few extra few years, I think, uh, of your prime. Who would you like to see in that case, Dillian fight? Uh, there's obviously talks of Andy Ruiz. Uh, there's talks of Charles Martin. You know, they're all fun fights. They're all fun fights. I think, I think um, Martin and and Dillian would be fun press conferences because I don't think Martin's playing with a full deck of cards. You know, yeah. I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's. Uh, he's a. He's the sharpest tool in the shed. I've. I've but but you know, he's he's an ex heavyweight champion. He's had the IBF yeah. title very briefly. Dare I say? But he's had it nonetheless. Um, and it kind of makes him a, a alluring. You know, he's he's not a terrible fighter. He's pretty. He's actually a pretty capable guy. Yeah. But I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I don't. I don't think he's world class. I mean, I think yeah. you know he. I I worked the fight when he won the IBF title. Glasgow. Twisted his knee and like tore his ACL, you know. Yeah. So it was like in round two. So <laughs> uh, otherwise, otherwise I don't think Charles. And it was for the vacant IBF title, so I, uh, that that Tyson Fury had vacated. So I don't, yeah. I don't think, I don't think Martin would even have become a world champion if it, if some, that stroke of of uh, some good fortune had hit him. But I do think he, I don't think he's a bad fighter. I think he's a he's a competitive guy. So I, I think Dillian and him would be a nice opening salvo in the U.S. because it's um it would be great trash talking first of all because I I think um. I mean, Martin, Martin, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to criticize the guy. I don't want to make fun of the guy. The, guy's, the, the guy, but I've done fighter meetings with the guy. He, he, he's dumb. I mean, it's like you're talking to you. It's like you're talking to your sneaker, but he's got personality. You know, he's not yeah. dumb to where, he's not dumb to where like, you know, like, like, is this guy going to talk? What is he saying? You know, like. He's yeah. dumb to where you ask him a question and he'll say something completely off the rails. That has nothing yeah. to do with the question you asked him, but yeah. it's funny. You know what I'm saying? So, so he'll, I think he'd make the promotion fun with, with him and Dillian. Uh, so I, I, I personally, I'd, I'd make Dillian and Charles Martin at, at for Dillian's opening uh, uh, fight in the U.S. Yeah. Then, uh, then probably Ariola. Um, and then yeah, maybe Ruiz. You know, I, 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 the problem is you're you're not putting Dillian in more non-world title fights. And again, this is a guy who never fought for a world title and is, is so deserving of it. So you know, yeah. these are all fun fights. But the fact that Dillian never gets a world title fight, I mean, that, that's unfair, man. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. 
He's got to have one of the most most unlucky careers. And do you know what? Let me not say that because boxing is full of sad stories. But he seems to always, every time he's close, something gets pulled away. From 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 an accomplishment point of view, because from, I, I don't think he's been unlucky financially. I, I would assume he's done very well financially. But 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 from an accomplishment point of view, yeah, definitely unlucky. I mean, we're talking about Charles Martin here, and, and Charles Martin had the RBF title. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think I would. I would ever pick Martin to beat Dillian. I'm sorry, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and and I don't think that Martin's a bad fighter either. I I just I just don't don't think he's of that level that he'd beat a Dillian. But D Dillian has never even fought for a world title, and Martin had the IBF title for a couple of minutes. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It's crazy. Oh, also in the news, Devin Haney is moving up to 140 pounds in search of bigger fights. I. I I'm not sure why. I feel like there's plenty of big fights at 135, but it's a move that he's making. Um, what do you think about it? I mean, I, I think it's a it's a nice PR move to put it that way. I just think he grew out of the weight class. I don't think it has anything to do with search of bigger fights. You know, if you can't make weight, you can't make weight anymore. You know, he's only 22 years old. He's yeah. he's a he's a big lightweight, um, and uh, you're still filling out at that age. I, I can attest to that because I, I I was a lightweight uh, at around that age, and at around that age is when I moved up to 140 pounds. Um, yeah. I don't think it has absolutely anything to do with search for big fights because, like you said, there's big fights at lightweight. I, I just, I'm just thinking he probably can't make the lightweight limit and he's moving up in weight. But nice PR twist to it by by making it like it's the search for the big fights. Well, if he is going in search of bigger fights, PR stunt or not, uh, who are those bigger fights? What what are we looking at for David Haney at what? Well, well, I, well, I don't think it. I don't think it's a PR stunt that he moves up. I think he has no choice but to move up because yeah. I don't think he can make a lightweight. But I think the 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 the, the headline is, is is the PR stunt. But I yeah. but I automatically I I would I would think you know there's I mean Jamata Davis is fighting at 140. I don't know if he's going to stay at 140, but you know that's always an interesting topic despite the yeah. promotional barriers you have to get through. Josh Taylor is the undisputed 140 pound champion. That's just the like one. He, so just like just like you've come from 135 pounds where there was an undisputed champion, you're now going to another weight class where there's an undisputed champion. So there's no one there's no belts to pick from unless you want to play pretend again, you know? So yeah. so um I don't I don't think that um I don't think that uh that uh he's gonna be able to get a title shot right away. But I don't I also don't think that's uh that's necessarily a bad thing. I what is he, twenty two, twenty three? It's you know, most guys are not fighting for world championships at that age anyway. Maybe give him give him a couple of continuing developmental fights against name fighters, name yeah. fighters who you know kind of like Alenaris, who was a name very name fighter, but a little bit past his prime, and uh, and and gave and gave Haney that that um that that key win over over a, a recognizable figure, you know. Yeah. Um, I think you keep fighting guys like that at 140 pounds until you're ready for the big break, you know. And I don't think it needs any there's a need to rush Devin Haney. I think he's got enough talent to where. And he's got enough talent. He's marketable, and I don't think uh, uh, his age m warrants the need to rush him in any, into anything at all. Yeah, you definitely don't need to rush him. Young, talented. He's got all the tools in the in in the the case or whatever he's, the saying is. But you do need to be able to get in fights, and he seems pretty impossible to match at the moment because of of how good he is, and because he's got quite a small pool of opponents to pick from being on his promotional company. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is more so than anything else, you know, because uh, if you're in the promotional stables where there's guys in your weight class, the fights get made, you know, so it's, uh, it's it makes it a little bit tougher when you're kind of, a, uh, when you're in a promotional stable and he's in a good promotional stable. It's just yeah. the weight class that he's in is is, is weak. And it actually reminds me of Kel Brook. Kel Brook was a, a terrific welterweight in his, in his day, but he was in a stable that didn't have any of the top welterweights, so he kind of just had to 
hang around. He, he beat Sean Porter only because uh, he was the mandatory and he got the shot of Sean Porter. Otherwise, he wouldn't even got that, that shot, you know? Um, I think uh, I think Haney is sort of in the same situation in that he doesn't have a, a big pool of, of talent to pick from in the stable that he's in um, for his weight class. Uh, you said something interesting there that triggered something. So, for example... If even if you are on a different promotional stable to someone who's over there and has got the belt, if you're made mandatory, does that now have to happen regardless of networks? Regardless that's a great of- question. Dave. That's a great question. But you know what? Boxing always figures something out. And you know what? <laughs> I, when you when you give me this example, I would I would love to be able to say yes. That's the only way. But 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 then you end up with Jamal Charlo and Canelo Alvarez, a, a mandatory that was years for years and years on the, there, and it never happened. They just created another belt. Yes. Just like that. Voila. Of course. You just make magic. Just create another belt. And now they've created that same other belt in every weight class. So that makes it even more difficult to make fights, title fights. Is that big. just the BC though? Or or does is does everybody oh, the, end B, up the doing BA that? did it before the BA did it before the BC. You know, the BA oh, did yeah. it You're years right, before yeah. the BC. You know? Um uh and you know, I remember when the IBF and WBO didn't make interim titles. Now they make interim titles, you know, because you know, of course, while they do try to do the right thing, they're gonna say, "Man, we're missing out on money that these guys are stealing from us." You know, basically, yeah. we might as well make interim titles too. So, so it just you just make the 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 swamp deeper, and 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 deeper and deeper, and uh, it's more it's more filth to climb out of before you can figure out what 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 how to see clearly there. But you know, I Kel Brook was able to do that um, in 2014 and become the mandatory and get the title shot uh, against a fighter from a stable that he otherwise probably would not have got a shot against. Mm-hmm. But in 2021. Seven years later, there's more and more ideas and ways they yeah. figure out to not make those kind of things happen. Right, from professional boxing to amateur boxing, the Olympics has now finished, and the recap is England get two golds, two silvers, and two bronzes, a great return for a small island. On the other hand, USA return for the first time in 17 years without a gold medal. Um, is it just pot luck, poorly? Is it the fact, perhaps, that you know, such a powerhouse in the USA are, are slightly falling behind some of the other nations? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't even... I have to tell you the truth. I, I never felt like we we created great amateurs of late. Um, but I think with that, with the removal of the computer scoring, we create, um, you know, better amateurs. We, we, got, we got a decent medal count, despite the fact that we didn't get any gold. Yeah. Um, but I also... Also, I don't know if our numbers are correct because first time in 17 years that we get no gold medals. 17 years ago, Andre Ward won the gold medal, you know, um, in the 2004 Athens games. But I, if I remember correctly, 2008, we didn't get any gold medals. We, okay. I, don't think, I don't think we had any gold medals in 2008. And then in 12 and 16, Clarissa Shields got gold medals. Um, but male gold medals, I, I don't... Don't shoot the messenger. This is just on the paper in front of me. No, no, that's I'm what I'm saying. No, years. no, no. I'm not I'm not shooting you, Dan. <laughs> I'm just trying to actually... I'm just actually trying to do the math in my mind. I'm not sure we've had a gold medalist in the male, in the male department in boxing since Andre Ward, right? I mean, that's I'm trying to think. I don't think... I don't think... I don't think the U.S. has had a male gold medalist since Andre Ward. Well, hold on. When, when was that? That was 2000 and... Two, not 2008, four. sorry. 2004. 2004. So that would be 17 years. So I'm guessing. So, 
So with, I, I guess the correct. trend continues. And it is more yeah. so what, what the stat is that the trend continues okay. that we have not brought a, a male gold medal home since 2004 when Andre Ward did it. And to tell you the truth, my generation four years before, I was not on that Olympic team, but that was I'm going to have a look at this paper team. because I reckon um, I've just read that completely wrong. And maybe I was supposed to say you haven't brought home a gold in 17, not the first time in 17 years. No, but not, um, nonetheless, Dane, this is a lot. This is still a lot to yeah. digest and think about because I think that even four years before 2004 I, was my amateur generation to, in 2000. Yep. I turned pro with the 2000 generation. I turned pro in 2001, but the guys in the 2000 Olympics were in my generation. And I remember in 2000, we didn't win a gold medal either. Nobody in my generation won a gold medal either. So you figure... 96 David Reed and it's, it's since the turn of the century since the turn yeah. of the century the United States has had one male gold medalist and that's been Andre Ward Andre Ward um, yeah that's it you know uh, so any any particular reason can you can you can you see a trend I, 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 can you I mean, I, I definitely blame the computer scoring system for a lot of it, but now we've mm. done away with the computer scoring system and we're, we're still not bringing home gold medals, but I think our medal count has kind of started upping itself again um, because I think we were starting to dwindle uh, for, for a little bit uh, at, the yeah. the, at the end of the comp uh, computer scoring era. Um, I think we had a couple of good stories, some, some good fighters. Um, um, this, this kid, Keyshawn... Uh, uh, yes. uh, yeah. Sean Davis. He, he was yeah. a, he was a, he was a, looks like a real promising prospect. And yep. also I love this story. I, I got, I didn't know uh, Richard Torres' full story, the super heavyweight. I mean, this guy, he got a silver medal, right? He, he lost to the, uh, he lost to the Uzbek in the finals. A, a giant, I mean, he's not even a big heavyweight. Richard Torres is probably, I don't know from what that, what I can see of him, maybe six feet tall, I guess. And he's, he's been on the national team he i think he lost in the world championships i think they told me he got stopped and don't 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 shoot the messenger either if i'm wrong but i think they told me he got stopped in the world championships last year by the kazakh or the year before yep. by the kazakh right and you talk about having the hardest road to your medal count to your medal he his first fight he gets the cuban in the, in these olympics he gets the cuban and he beats the cuban yep. then the second the, then he i don't know if it's the next fight or, or or later on maybe it was the semis he got the kazakh that knocked him out and he knocked him out he knocked yeah. out the guy that beat him, you yeah. know, and, and got to the finals. And then in the finals, he lost to this Uzbek who looked like he was like twice the size of him. You know, I mean, this guy, this Uzbek must be about six, 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 seven. And uh, and Richard probably is about if I'm I'm going to be generous and say six, one. If, if, if I'm generous, I think six, one, maybe he's about six feet tall. But, you know, was fun to follow throughout the tournament. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and 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 a nice story, a nice story. Uh, I think he's from California. Richard Torres from California. So he's a guy. I think he's going to be a bit of an undersized heavyweight in the pros. Yeah. But um, Bridge away, still, perhaps. still, maybe, or maybe, or maybe like a, you know, put on some weight because, you know, you tend to gain weight once you're out of the amateurs because you're, yeah. you know, you're still growing at that age. But I, I, I may fill out and be a, like a Dillian White type heavyweight which, or, a, or an Andy Ruiz type heavyweight minus the fat. But, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I think, and you know, he's from a good region. If he's from California, they always got good fighters there. So I think he's going to continue yeah. to improve. Uh, great story anyway, and and uh, really enjoyed uh, following his his run through the through the to the finals. Um, although I I, I do want to see now that the, the, again Eastern Europeans turn pro now, so sometimes I mean they still some of them don't. But this guy this guy that beat him is a monster. He's a giant, and this guy this guy is good. I was like, I'm curious to see what happens with that guy too. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I think it was like Bojdan or something. I don't know, man. You guys, look him up if you didn't see it. That guy's that guy that, that guy looks yeah that guy looks like a monster and he looks scary yeah. too like like if he's standing across the ring from you I don't know I don't know if you're gonna feel so confident you know <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a that's a big guy <laughs> all right 
Prediction time. We have Casemiro against Rigondeaux. It's a unification bout at Bantamweight. Um, can Rigondeaux go to the world one more time? He seems to always be able to do it. I don't even know how he's still around. It's a curious fight, bro. I'm telling you, it's a yeah. curious fight. Because Casemiro, I've seen him. I actually I actually worked in England uh, when he beat Edwards. Yeah. Crafty guy. Man, yeah. is he crafty. Really crafty guy. Well. Yeah, goes to the body well. Yeah. He can fight. This kid can fight. Yeah. This guy, not this kid. I mean, he's not a kid anymore. He's like, this guy can fight. But Rigo, Rigo is past his prime. But this is still a weight class where Rigo... Is not easy to deal with, you know. The only, only time, yeah, yeah, the only time Rigo, you know, looked out of his element was when he was in a weight class where he totally didn't belong in, and it was against yeah. a, a supreme fighter. It, 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 hold on, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? We got a phone. We got phone. We got call, a phone so. call. <laughs> We're gonna put that one on hold. We're gonna put that one on hold. But, but really, I, I think, um, you know, Rigo is a guy who, at this weight class, is is always shown himself to be difficult to deal with and difficult to beat. You know, yeah. Um, so I, I've yet to really see him troubled at this weight class. Granted, aging does affect us all, and, and this is a yep. small weight class, so it's possible. But just, just remember, this was the same weight class where Rigo took on a guy who just Donaire? won the Fighter of the Year. Yep, yep, Donaire, who had just been won the Fighter yep. of the Year award and just and just made him look like he put his hands in his pockets. You know? And it's the and, same and, belt. And Donaire, Donaire, and, and, the same belt. And Donaire, yeah, and Donaire is still high-flying in his, in his career, man. So, so yeah. I, 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 this is a very curious fight. And I know people say, oh, Donate Rigo, or not Donate Rigo is, is always a little bit hard on the eyes to watch or whatnot if you're not a, a, a true appreciative guy of, of boxing skills. But I think Casemiro yeah. is a guy who forces fights. You know, he's a yeah. skilled guy. I, I mean, I'm going to dare, I'm going to say, bro, this is going to be a fun fight. And it's very hard to predict. I'm, I, I, so I, may hard just, to predict. I may just, I may, I may, I may just edge to Rigo just because I'm an old guy and, and, and yeah. he's an old guy and, 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 <laughs> and, and I feel like he's always been underappreciated. Uh, even at his best, and I yeah. still think he's got a little bit of danger to give. But this is not an easy. Uh, Casemiro is is a is a very good champion in his own right. So uh, I I'd say I'm I may be wrong. I'm gonna go with Rigo. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong. I think I'm gonna go with Rigo as well. But it's 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 a it's a yeah. Everybody should watch. This is gonna be a crazy fight. If you're Casemiro, you're gonna set a hellacious pace and hope that a forty year old man can't keep up with you. But if you're Rigo. You are not going to... You're just going to be thinking that you have seen this before. No matter what you bring, I've seen this kind of fight up before and he always finds a way. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. I mean, you, you can bring a fast pace. That's all Lomachenko did to Rigo, but Rigo was too small yeah. to hold him off, right? Yeah. Anybody else who tries to bring a fast pace... Rico just shuts them down a lot of times. He just times yeah. them, times them, times them, times them. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're gun shy. You're, you're putting your hands in yeah. your pockets. You Now you can't bring a fast pace because you're unsure yeah. of yourself, you know? Yeah. I don't know if he has the same kind of reflexes to be able to do that, especially to a guy of the level of Casemiro. But, man, if he wins this fight, it's amazing. The, it's, the, it's, the guy it's, who's been under, underappreciated may finally become appreciated if he wins this fight because this – would w w this is finally a time where people are starting to count him out? Besides, before they knew he was world class, but they didn't want to see him. They they don't they didn't appreciate him. Now they think maybe he's sub world class because he's he's aging, and they're counting him out too. Before they didn't count him out, yeah. but they may not have liked him. Now they're counting him out yeah. too. So to get this win would be huge for him. Uh, Massive. I, I'm gonna go with him, but I wouldn't be surprised if Casemiro wins. Casemiro's a terrific fighter in his own right. I want to watch it. I'm getting excited talking about it. I want to watch it. Definitely. Make sure you guys watch it. That is live on Showtime. And speaking of Showtime, 
Daniel DeBoer and Tommy Fury are making their Showtime debuts on Jake Paul's undercard. Have they got enough of a of a, of a of a pool? Can they can they become stars in the US? So I mean, Tommy Fury. I mean, they, he was beefing with Jake Paul. Maybe that's what they want to make. You think exactly. that Jake Paul would go that wild that he would fight Tommy Fury? I think so. They got him on the same card. A lot of times you're showcasing a guy when you're on the same card as him. And he's fighting somebody from from the Jake Paul camp. Who's that? Oh, that who's he fighting? He's fight. He's fighting uh, Jake Paul's one of Jake Paul's sparring partners. If he puts him away, I think it makes sense to make that fight happen. Look at this. I don't know, man. That's interesting. Wow, that's really that's that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, it says quite a lot about Jake Paul. He he is now a boxer. No. No, no, he's legitimate. I mean, Jake Paul yeah. is is putting in the work. I, I, and I, I, I've said my own things about these YouTube, the YouTube brigade, but Jake Paul has legitimately blossomed into a real fighter. I mean, he's yeah. legitimately put the time in, legitimately doing the work. Got he's got a legitimately intelligent trainer in BJ Flores. Yeah, he's done all the legitimate work to be considered yeah. a legitimate fighter. Um, so when I complain about the YouTube brigade, I complain about guys that try to copy him but don't do it like him you know what i'm saying yeah. uh th- the only thing they do like him is how they have the social media following you know and it's sort of it starts to you know starts to sour the sour the taste of every of of of, of, of that crowd you know what i'm saying it starts yeah. to sour things from the way they enter into the sport like that so but i, I can't i can't criticize uh um uh, Jake Paul for doing that. I, matter of fact, I, I, I'd say if, if everybody followed his example that wants to do that, if all these influences followed Jake Paul's example, you know, you'd actually all be fighters then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you wouldn't just be, definitely. you wouldn't just be, you wouldn't just be YouTubers trying to steal some money, you know, and and and, yeah. and, 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 and going for boring money grabs because at the end of the day, are any of these fights really like memorable? You know what I'm saying? They're not really memorable. I mean, not even yeah. Jake's are memorable, but, that, but that's also because Jake is getting too good for some of the competition they're getting him. But I, I think uh, I think it's interesting, man. I think it's it's interesting. It's interesting stuff. Daniel Dubois as well, big heavyweight. Not the biggest personality, but can you win fight fans over in America without a big personality? He seems to do his fist through the talking. Let's, I think his style can win fight fans in America. I think his style can win fight fans in America. Also, you know, he's a foreigner. There's always a bit of a, of a, of a curiosity with a guy with a different accent and whatnot, you know? Um, yeah. So that you know that that can bring something to the table. Didn't his his sister just win a gold medal or something? Uh, I or think she got was beat. Olympian, right? I think she got beat. I think I could be wrong. It's either a silver or a bronze. It could even be a bronze, but I know she did get beaten. So it was not won a, a medal. Bronze. So that that yeah. that brings more promotion, promotional, yeah. uh, 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 promotional input to the Dubois name. You know, because if Dubois doesn't have a big personality, maybe we can use also the fact that his sister was an Olympian. Uh, into yeah. the promotional mix, you know. But Dubois himself, uh, as a fighter, is 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 a good fighter, and and he's a good yeah. puncher, and I think he's gonna bring some excitement if he is uh if he's fully mentally back from that the tough injury he got from uh, Joyce, you know. I don't, I think he's got one win back since the Joyce fight, right? Yeah. So uh, if if he's if he's if he can remain with that confidence and and keep that going, I think he's he's gonna be a fun guy to watch. I agree, Paulie. I agree. Uh, anything else to add? Anything we need to know about? Uh, no, no, no. You know what? I, I wonder what I want to add. Uh, I met uh, one of the fans of, of our podcast uh, yesterday. I was at a Patrizia's restaurant in, in Fort Lauderdale. Patrizia's is a, a, a big, big Italian restaurant in New York, and they, now they've opened yeah. one up in, in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, one, of the, one of the workers there, Johnny, 
brought, come brought us up uh, for the podcast and listened to our podcast and whatnot. So Jeez. big shout out to uh, Johnny. And also over the weekend, I worked a show in the Tampa area and uh, I went to a barber named Apex, Apex the Barber on Instagram. And he, he gave me a trim and he also told me he's a big fan of the podcast. So shout Jeez. out to Johnny from Patrice's Restaurant in Fort Lauderdale and shout out to Apex from Plant shout City, Florida. Shout out you guys. All right, that is all we have time for this week. As always, like, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you next week.